Uh, hello, welcome to Pod Rocket. Um, this is Noel. I am here with Patuk, who is a VTCore team member. How's it going? Thank you for the invite. Happy to be here. Of course, yeah, we're excited to talk. We're excited to talk about build tooling and, and stuff. Uh, Vite, I feel like, has been kind of you know really on the rise. People are excited to talk about it and stuff. So we are super super stoked to have you here. Um, yeah, I guess just kind of get rolling. Tell us a little little bit about who you are, um, how you found yourself working on kind of feet and in this ecosystem. Um, yeah, just give us give us the intro. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm Matias Capeleto, but people know me as Patak around, like in social media or Discord or uh, GitHub. And it was around like uh, two years ago that in the previous company I was working on, we released an open source project like this called gridlayouty.com that is a grid generator. And for doing this project, we started to use like Vue 3 and like a lot of experimental stuff in Vue 3 that was not even released, like uh, things that they were discussing in RFCs, for example. So like to, to test it out, like we started to, to use it. And also Vit and other projects in the ecosystem. And because of using this kind of uh, like features that were kind of like on the edge, there were a lot of like, we were hitting bugs and there were a lot of opportunities to actually collaborate, no? So this was kind of like, I wanted to get back to open source. So I started to get more involved in like view projects, like for example, view use. Uh, we we use it some composables uh, in in this app, and I will like I started to work with Anthony Fu to upstream some of them so they will be generally available in views, and and then like from there like to other projects like Bitpress and one thing took to another and I end up in Vit kind of in the the right moment it was at this point when. Evan Yu, that is the creator of Vue and actually also like of Vit and is team lead from in both projects now. And he was doing like now a famous sprint for creating Vit 2. That was like three months that he like coded like crazy, like making features almost every day. And and at this point, like I started to like help with some issues, with some PRs and was just at the time when we created the, the Discord. So when Evan needed to refocus his attention to view, he created a, a team for Vit. And was I was one of the initial team members there, together with Anthony Fu, with Anderfin, and later other other joints. And I started to get more and more involved. And now for I think like it has been around like two, three months, I joined Stackblitz. That it's a company, I don't know if you heard about, like doing an on online IDE. They are the, the people behind web containers that allow you to run a node on the browser. So we were using them at Vid for our documentation and online starter. If you go, for example, to vid.new, you're going to get like an online Vid instance to to play with so i joined them to work full time on vit now like vit is part of their like critical path so they are very interested in vit progressing well 
Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you for the background. I'm, I'm curious kind of about that initial, that initial handoff phase when, you know, Evan was like super involved and it was, you know, like kind of his, this code base, he'd been a monster, like you said, like getting all this, all this code done. Like, how did you kind of get, get started and like delve in? Like, how did you, how did you immerse yourself kind of in this, this, this code base that was rapidly changing? Yeah, it, it kind of happened like naturally and slowly at the beginning. So at the beginning, I, I was helping with issue triaging that I think is a really good way to get involved in open source uh, project. So if you like a project, goes to their, their issues tab in GitHub. And normally there are like 200, 300 issues. Right, right now we have like 550. So if you like to help in bit, like you're more than welcome. And a lot of these issues are actually uh, is problems that people didn't understand how to configure something properly, or even, even some of them are not issues anymore, like they have been solved. So like cleaning up the, the issues uh, is, is really good for the maintainer, it's uh, really helpful. And while you do that, you are getting to know more the project. You are starting to like maybe see some things that you can start doing PRs. And so I started to do that. And also, like, I am really interested in the community side and like the ecosystem side. So when Discord was created, uh, I kind of like uh, together with other people in the community, I started to push for like a healthy community to try to like, uh, I don't know, like trying not to get uh, questions that were an answer, you know, like trying to help people around and like trying to. I don't know, like try to make a good place for collaboration. So that also is a is a very good way to to learn more, no? Because you you get to like delve in the documentation and learn about config uh, problems. So from there, uh, it is kind of natural that you start to go later to PR reviews and to try to help there and like do your own PRs and kind of like naturally you end up knowing more and more of the code base. Uh, you get to do some deep dives, you know, like to do like a few days just to understand a complete part. But I think it's, it's a, like doing PRs, reviews, uh, for example, is a very good way to, to know a, a code base. So, so it, was, it was like that. Uh, slowly and with the help of, of a lot of other contributors like Anthony Fu and like other people that, that join it also the, the effort. And obviously Evan, like it's not that he, he went away, uh, like he, he's quite involved in the, in the project. And for example, like one, one thing that we do is that we have every two weeks, uh, a team meeting where all the team members like get together and we discuss about new features. And like, for example, like Evan was quite good at actually like giving us responsibilities and letting letting us form a, a team no like for example like for fixes we can we can like merge the prs ourselves like we have a rule of like if two contributors will accept the pr then we can move forward but for features the idea is that we are only accepting new config options or new features in these team meetings where we can discuss between like all of us and Evan is also present there to to guide. So, so that that more or less like we 
kind of like slowly going more and more into the into the code base. Nice. Yeah, I think you you kind of answered my next couple of questions there, and that <laughs> I was I was curious like if it was intimidating, you know, like trying to get some code out and like putting those first few PRs up in front of Evan, and if you know, uh, I guess I guess how that how that went when you know like again had been this code base he'd worked on for so long, um, but it sounds like it was it was a pretty positive experience for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think again, like it helps a lot that like with a project as as big as as Beat. And that now, like with actually, like when this happened, it was not used as much as it is today. Like it really grow massively, like I, I almost like 10, 10x in usage. So, like more and more is getting more like challenging to let's say like to put ch uh, changes out. But at the same time, we have more collaborators. We have the ecosystem working with us. We have like maintainers of other projects that are doing the PRs and also working on reviews. And we have like a whole infrastructure that we can talk later about how we test things like the, that wasn't there before. So I think like that helps a lot that this idea, for example, that normally we don't merge anything without like two people looking at it. So it's, it's really interesting. Like I, I have been learning like so much from from other contributors and collaborators during this time. Nice, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I, a point you brought up before too about like triaging a project in and of itself is a, a lot of work, but also a good way to know a project. And I think that's probably something, especially on these projects that have like a lot of public visibility and a lot of uh, an inherent uptick in users really quickly. Like I, I'd imagine um, a lot, there's a lot of open source contributors out there who have a project and they're like, man, I, it, I'm spending a lot of cycles just triaging issues. Um, so I guess, yeah, it's just to say that like, I think that's very good advice to like jump in. And even if like you don't know, aren't super familiar with the project, like go in and just like start trying to clean up the long backlog of issues that people are making. Yeah. And I can put an, an example there. Like you, you, you don't have to be like this guy that I will tell you, but like uh, he's now a, a VT team core, core team member uh, his name is blue and like around like one month and a half ago he he actually saw a, a tweet up, uh, with about adam that is like the, the maintainer of uh, tailwind so they, they were like saying like we got to like sub 100 issues and at that point in vid there was like 770 issues open so he said like i will try to do the same for vid and like maybe not to so 100 but he has started that process and i think he has he has spent it like i don't know if like three hours per, per day in one month but like he he got us now to together with others like that join it also like this is contagious no you know you you start doing this and other people will follow so now it, the project is around like 550 so like it's, it's amazing like 220 issues close in this past month so yeah like it, it's yeah. a lot better now yeah yeah and because I mean, it can be a lot of a lot of work just like go, that initial investigation work on issues a lot of time is is a lot like it can be super intensive um yeah for sure cool so yeah you said you said the the, the project has grown like crazy you said like 10x growth in the past like year few months what what, what does that look like i think it's i think it's one year now uh i was I was watching the the graph. It's, it's interesting to to see the the stats and uh, yeah, like it, it it is really interesting because it grow together with a, 
a huge ecosystem of projects that are starting to to adopt Vit. Uh, how how I see it right now is like in the future, probably most of the users of Vit will not use Vit directly, like but they will consume it through some other projects, like for example, Svelkit is based on on Vit, like. Nax now just released the RC, the first release candidate for, for V3, and the default is VIT. So if you go to other projects like Solid, for example, they are working on Solid Start, that is like an equivalent to, to Svelkit, and it's also based on VIT. Marco is using VIT, Quick is using VIT, uh, and, and so on. Like So I think like most people will use it in this way. And this is how the project was growing also. Like Svelkit at, at the beginning was based on a snowpack that uh, we were kind of like one year ago, let's say there were like several tools that were like Vit uh, that we, they were actually like collaborating even together. Like the maintainers know, know each other and like they were exchanging ideas. And at, at that was point, was not clear which one was going to end up being adopted. Uh, but for example, like Svelkit was using a snowpack, and at one point it changed to Vit. And so when that kind of thing happened, it's not like, less, I don't know, like some extra user join. It's like the whole Svel community now is using this. And Vue, obviously, like... Uh, Evan Yu was like a creative, created uh, bit. So uh, it was normal that the view ecosystem was going to embrace bit. Uh, also, like a, a lot of view core team members are, are part of the effort. Yeah, yeah. I want to I want to talk about kind of view and uh, Vite relationship maybe a little bit later on here. Um, but yeah, yeah. First, I'm 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 curious. Kind of as as this as you guys have seen this growth. I mean, it, it makes sense that the it's the tools that are like really driving these numbers up. Do, do you think it's the case that most devs are not even really thinking about like, or weren't really thinking about their Webpack config before that? Like it was just kind of, you know, like another part of the, the tool they pulled off the shelf and it, it wasn't a huge consideration of theirs personally. Uh, like I say, like most developer have fought, uh, fight uh, against like these Webpack configs, but because it really takes a lot of work to configure like each ecosystem, like each framework, actually like what, what happened is that they end up saying like, look, we have to do something for our users. We cannot let every project do this themselves. So uh, first you, you have like, for example, create React app, but at one point, like that was, let's say like it was difficult to maintain because like it's a, it was a lot of work and Actually, the, the React team kind of pushed that to others. So, for example, Next.js, if you see what Next.js is doing, like behind the scenes, there is like a lot of Webpack configuration. No? So, like most users will use like Next, and that will kind of like give Webpack in a, in a nice package way that like with good conventions and like you, you will have to maybe use some like uh, web configuration, but not, let's say, not for everything. And the same will go to view CLI, for example, that was like view way to do the same. And maybe like, I, I think like Sapper was uh, from a Svelte uh, site that they were 
like using Webpack there. So um, I, I think like, again, like a, a lot of users end up consuming Webpack in that way, let's say. And it's the same idea. Like Vit actually like takes you a lot farther away because it's like more high level. Like uh, Evan, Evan, you likes to say like Webpack was uh, like, it was very good that Webpack was there to explore all the conventions because at the beginning it was not clear how people will use certain things, how we will start like consume CSS and uh, other like tooling. And, but Vid like luckily uh, appeared at a time when a lot of these patterns were more, let's say like clear or like established. So like for Vid it was like, with VD was able to say, okay, like we're going to give you these patterns that we mostly agree on, like by default and out of the box is going to work. This was again, like VD is part of a breed of tools that for example, Parcel, I think like you, you will also know that it was also pushing for this out of the box experience in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that kind of, leads me to my next question next um or to my next question pretty cleanly in that i'm yeah it, it, it makes sense to me like having having a a build tool that's more opinionated is you know, easier to configure but does does that also lead to a lot of these performance increases that are like you know motivating these frameworks and these devs to switch to v yeah yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit about what is Vit in case someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bring us out a little bit. <laughs> Make sure everyone's <laughs> everyone's everyone's got up. Yeah. Well, the, the, we we have now the benefit that like maybe one year ago it was a lot more important. I, I think that now there is a lot of people, maybe a lot of the people that will listen to to this podcast already hear about Vit or maybe like even try it out. But so like Vit has like two parts like. Uh, if you consider like the build part, it's equivalent like to Webpack in that sense, but it, internally it uses rollup. So you can think of it as a opinionated rollup setup. If like normally, if you, you if you will use rollup, plain rollup, it doesn't like perform like tons of optimizations apart from tree shaking and other things that rollup like does very well. Uh, Rollup, what it has is a very like nice plugin system, plugin API, so you can extend it. So normally what you will do in a Rollup project is that you will have to add like a lot of plugins to do whatever you want. Like, do you want to like import a JSON file, a JAM file, uh, and have it like as an object, for example, and directly like, or import some CSS or like, I, I don't know, like perform some optimizations around that. Uh, you will have to add the plugins to to do all that. Uh, you can consider like Vit will actually create that pipeline for you and include a lot of useful plugins. For example, like to auto import, like to not to auto import, but to import workers and use it or Wasm, or to perform like build optimizations. So it gives you like a really nice like configure pre-configure setup that will create like optimize app for production, like you will have with Next.js or this kind of application. It's 
like normally by default is more geared towards like SPAs, but like you can also like configure it to work as MPAs. And this is like in the build part. And normally there, there will not be a kind of like a big speed up. It will be like, uh, like comparable to Webpack. Uh, but if you take the, the other side that is like the dev server, the idea there is that during development, right now, all the modern browsers support ES modules. So like they can like understand the module graph structure without needing to bundle everything. Uh, bundling is an expensive project. You have to like traverse all the all your module graph and like make like a, a bundle and send it to the browser. So like in Vite, you can imagine like the dev server like starts right away without doing nothing. And that is a very good way to start fast. Like you don't have to do anything. You just start a serve, a serve. And then the browser will request the initial HTML. And from there, Vite will grab that HTML will give it to the browser, like with maybe like the path of the import, like process it so the browser can keep requesting. If the browser will like traverse that HTML as, as normal. And like when, for example, it will request some TypeScript file that the browser doesn't understand, obviously, Vite will like, instead of just responding with the file, Imagine if you have a static file system, it will actually transpile that file in an isolated mode and like, for example, strip the types using ESBuild. The same if you have ShaySX for React or if you like the browser asks for a view file, it will use like the view compiler to compile it, generate like something that the browser can understand and return it. So the browser will do all the work of like requesting the files and keeping the module graph. And then on the Vite side, like Vite will also keep this module graph uh, by itself and record all the relationships. So later when there is a change, it knows what files need to be like, uh, let's say change it. So it can do like really fast code module replacement and directly working at the module level. It's not like, uh, having a like custom structure of modules, like uh, implementation is directly at the module level that it could work. So, and one important thing is that during development, there is like an emulation of this plugin system that Rollup has. So the same plugins that you use during build can be used during development. At least the one that makes sense, no? For example, like a build optimization that only makes sense for production, it will not be done during dev. And some things like, let's say, maybe you don't minify because you want better source map. So something you don't need to do it, uh, but it's the same system. So like later, for example, like adding, adding support for a view, for example, you don't have to do like two different complete different plugins, you can like work on a, on a single one that will work in both sites. And what is interesting is like Vit starts in dev mode. When you run Vit directly, this is like, this is like dev mode. It's not like Rollup, for example, when you run Rollup, it will build your application for production and you have to call like Rollup watch to like enter development. Like in Vit, like the default is you are developing. And then like when you're ready, like you can build your application. 
Yeah, nice, nice, very cool. Um, yes, yeah, so so we talked a little bit about like the 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 uh, roll up modules that you might not be running in dev mode. Do you have to, as as a developer, do you have to configure which ones of those you typically would and wouldn't enable in dev, or is is that handled like are 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 there defaults that you usually have pulled in to yeah. inform that? You don't have to configure it. Like you, you kind there is a like there, there is a way to say like like this plugin only run it in build or in dev. But mm -hmm. normally, like the plugin authors or like if it is a, like a default plugin, the maintainers of of Vite itself mm -hmm. uh, will already take care and like the plugin receives, for example, knows if it is like being called during build or doing dev and can do different things inside, like the transform function, the load, like so oh, like, cool. the plugins itself will know what to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and not, so this idea that it can be shared, it is like normally you can share most of the code. And if it's something like loading YAM, for example, it will be mm -hmm. like totally shared, like because it is yeah. the same thing that you have to do there. Mm -hmm. But if in some cases there there are some branches that you have to say, okay, like if I am in dev, I will do this. Mainly because of, for example, like in dev, we really care about being extremely fast because mm -hmm. we we want like that, like fast feedback loop. That is one right. of the most important things in Vit that you can play with. I don't know, like imagine like selecting a color and yeah. like if you have autosave on in VS Code, you can select a color, color with a slider and you mm -hmm. can see the change in real time, like if you will be using a dev tool. So like for achieving that, maybe you have to take some shortcuts. And then when you go to production, you don't care that much about time as generating like the best like bundle that you can. So it just can be like as performant as you can, because later it's going to be consumed by a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Performance optimization versus like feedback optimization. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes they are adults. adults. So like right, it's, right, right. it's better like that you can like optimize separately for them. Nice. So is, is that layer, uh, I guess, let's go back to my question. Is that layer where you have like roll up um, components that are or are not running in dev mode and you said like there's configuration that the that can be baked in by the authors is that is that a roll-up feature or is that a v feature uh you mean you mean like like plugins that are like out of the box supported by Vite? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean more that like the the differences in behavior between dev and production mode, um, like you know, like run this in dev versus only only run it yeah. in, in that, production. That is that is a Vite feature because roll-up mm -hmm. is only about uh, pro like bundling. It's a, it's a bundler, right. you know. Like gotcha. so, we only use roll-up during uh, when you call Vite build when you are mm -hmm. building for production. Gotcha. If you're running like Vite like regular like or Vite dev. That mm -hmm. will not like include any rollup code at all. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so that distinction is already something that is uh, part of the config of of Vite. Like normally, like one one interesting thing there is that the before Vite there were like several projects that you will have like projects like rollup that were like the bundling for production, and you will have some like the web dev server, for example, and other like. Snowpack also uh, like focuses uh, a bit more on the dev side, 
So you will have these dev servers. But then like when you had to configure it for production, it is like it was hard to make it work in the same way. Like so one of the, the keys of bit success was actually something that appeared in the Preact ecosystem, like this project called WMR. Uh, developed it there, uh, created this idea of the universal plugin system that I told before about like you share the same plugin pipeline both in build and in dev. So this this idea that you can like you have the dev server, but at the same time the build part is taking care of in the in like with a lot of care also in bit. It's not like Vid give you the dev server, and then you, when you have to go to build, you need to configure a lot of things. Like it is Vid cares about like both things. Gotcha. Nice, nice, very cool. Um, what, what, what are kind of the other, what are the other tools um, that devs are reaching for that are like you know other devs moving away from Webpack that are you guys kind of view as c- competitors or kind of peers that are in the same space. Yeah. So like WMR, as I, as I told before, like this is from the Preact uh, ecosystem and like it's similar in, in a scope. Uh, I think like outside of Preact, it didn't like have a lot of usage, uh, but there were a lot of like very good ideas and they are still working on it. A snowpack also, like, as I said, like there were a lot of like, cross like pollination there like a lot of very good uh, discussion about how to do hot module reload and like uh, snowpack developers like the team had a lot of experience also like in how to handle dependencies for example and now that project in particular uh, the team that was doing it ended up like uh, creating astro that maybe you you heard about so it's really interesting, like using island architecture, like and framework agnostic. Like, it's if you want to do a blog, for example, or like a website uh, with that has a lot of static content, is a it's a really good tool to reach. And they actually did that initially with the snowpack, but with time, they realized it that there was a lot of let's say like it will take a lot of effort to maintain snowpack and vid. And at that point, Vid has taken off. So they decided to migrate from Snowpack to Vid. So Astro is using Vid now. And actually now uh, Snowpack is no longer Vid maintained. And they are recommending their users to use Vid. Uh, and it's interesting because it's not like, like everything that they learned there, now they are also as part of developing Astro, they are hitting issues with Vit and they are helping Vit. They are making PRs. So like we are like quite lucky that the, the Astro team is also helping push Vit forward. And then like Web Dev Server was another interesting project, also like focusing a little bit more on the, the dev side. Parcel uh, is also like they released it, I think like Parcel 2.5 uh, last week, maybe. And like it's partially it's a really, really interesting project. And uh, there is a lot of uh, innovation there. Uh, for example, like the, they have a new CSS parser in Rust that maybe Bit could use it at one point. Uh, Bit has this idea of like 
we are not married with the internal tooling. So like if something else will came up later, maybe we can we can swap it, uh, like keeping the same API above. So Parcel is also like really interesting and like uh, a lot of the like a lot a lot of interesting ideas from Bit came also from from Parcel. So I I see like that was kind of like the the map maybe one year ago, and now like uh, mainly like Snowpack and Vit were kind of like growing together, uh, but with this uh, move from the Astro team like now like Vit. Big took took uh, off. Uh, well, Parcel also keeps keeps growing. There there is a lot of place I think to to grow and keep innovating. Nice, nice. That was kind of an interesting an interesting point you made there um, about you guys not being specifically tied to like any of your internal tooling too closely. Do you do you kind of view Vit as um, like an API layer almost to to, to kind of orchestrate and control these lower level tools to make like the dev and build process faster or is that like not really how you think about it i i think it's it's a good way to to view it uh when i think like when you start using vit you are like buying into like a way to structure your app and into the conventions and into the way to configure it probably like it's going to be very difficult to change the plugin ecosystem because like there is a huge uh like all the frameworks are done through plugins for example so there there is a now like a huge plugin ecosystem that and we are quite happy with the rollup plugin api so i don't think it's like needed to to be changed but there is a lot of like tools that for example es build is working extremely well for us like we use it to transpile during dev like uh JSX or to stripe the to the types, for example, for TypeScript, and then like during build, we are now like by default using it to minify also like both CSS and so it's working extremely well for us. But maybe at one point like the ecosystem will keep moving and end up I, I don't know like adopting SWC that is done in Rust or like there there is another project that's called bun that is in seek and like i don't know like what will happen like in one year two years and if the ecosystem changes like we we could change es build by other tool without much problem uh if you like if you're not doing something like really custom like because you can configure ES build also in Vit if you want, but normally you you don't have to reach there. One one interesting tool, for example, that we need to use right now that is Babel. Uh, if you are in the Vue ecosystem or you are in the Svelte ecosystem, normally you don't use Babel when you use Vit. But if you are in the React ecosystem, the React ecosystem like uses Babel uh, like plugins to like do fast refresh and to also like work with CSS in JS, some of the transformations that they do. And we also use it in plugin legacy. That is like normally when you like build, you are going to target like 92% more or less of the browser that are the modern cut, let's say. But then for the rest, if you have to, I don't know, like support Internet Explorer or like more older browsers, you need to include a plugin that is called Plugin Legacy. And there we are using Babel also. 
uh, during build, no? Like during dev, like you are always developing with a modern browser, so you don't need to care about this. And in these two cases, like Babel is quite a slow, and it will be really good if we could replace it with something that is faster. And SWC, as we talked before, is a replacement in Rust for Babel. And there is now a big push, for example, Vercel is pushing hard, like the creator of, uh, maintainer of SWC is working in Vercel. And they are working to uh, like implement all the plugins they need in Rust. So they can speed up a Webpack, actually, for themselves. But if they end up doing that and like the ecosystem is mature enough and stable enough, then like we could replace Babel by uh, SWC in the plugin React or in plugin legacy, for example. As a, I think that that could be one of the first moves that Bit could take to speed up like that particular ecosystem. And 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 is the is the tricky part of that problem is that like JavaScript is kind of, is there's there's a lot of work being done in JavaScript in that in that pipeline. Like if you're using Babel still, yeah, that is is just like that code needs to not be in JavaScript. Is that the is that the main hurdle still? Uh, yes, and also like for example, like if you're, I think like there could be some like thread management. Also, like if you're using Go, like it's really good. Like about like how to manage thread. Like uh, JavaScript is single threaded there, uh, but but yeah, like. And, and also, like how things are structured in Babel, uh, like it's not particularly like fast, let's say, the system. Uh, but yeah, like Rust runs a lot better. The, the problem is that if you if you go there, like Babel was amazing for exploration. Like we have all these like amazing CSS and JS ideas, like and pattern, because Babel allowed us to explore. And the same for like using Babel to use syntax that was not ready in the browsers. So it, it, it was really good. Now, like maybe like we, we are at a point where we kind of have enough. <laughs> maybe, I, I don't know, like we, we don't need to reach that much for the future. JavaScript has like gotten a lot of features now in like in modern browsers that it's more than enough to, to be content there. Uh, but that's the problem. Like, if we all move to like Rust-based system, like then if you want to collaborate, you need to do it in Rust, and like then you get like a way smaller pool, let's say, of people that can do that and can explore uh, and create plugins. So I, I think that we are still going to see uh, this kind of like some patterns that are like quite established and we know that we want to do that, then we can move that to, to Rust, to Go. And then like for other things, like we can keep in TypeScript and JavaScript that if you code carefully, it's really, really fast. Like the, the engines do like a wonderful job. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that's, a, that's a, a good perspective too. It, it does kind of lead me to the question of why, why why do you think now we're at this point where we can it's safe to start moving away from these like more exploratory tools that are easier like Babel, like oh well, you know like we can do anything here and now we can like establish a pattern and we're we're confident that we're not going to have to change these 
primitives anymore? Why, why do you think that we've kind of reached this point now? It's a, it's a very good question because, uh, like, uh, well, I don't know, like, I want to think that there is still a lot of exploration to, you know, and, and a lot of good ideas to uh, still explore. But the, like, there are certain patterns that say that it's kind of like we explore and like we know now that we want to import CSS in a certain way. We want to like certain syntax. It's kind of like established. And I don't know, it, it, it makes like in the same way like that you have like all these maybe Babel exploration and you can do whatever you want. But at the end of the day, at one point, all that exploration leads to the standard saying, okay, like this is, this is the way, you know, like, and this is what the browsers implement. And maybe it's not like, let's say like your favorite, but with time you end up saying, okay, like I will use it and I will like stop like using my custom thing, let's say, because like the browsers do it and it's faster because it's easier to collaborate because we all use the same. So if you go to another project, it will be the same syntax. So I think it like there is a nice dance there where like it's good to explore, but at some point, like we have to come together and say like, okay, like let's keep exploring these other parts, but like this, we kind of explore it enough and let's use this, like all of us. Right. Yes. So so would you would you would you say that it's fair to say then that your that the, the browsers were really what kind of incepted this, you know, like solidification of standards that in that, like, again, a lot of the success and the speed that were the speed gains that we're saying here, it's like, well, the browser can just do this now, like Vite's success in and of itself was us saying, like, the browser, or you guys saying the browser can do this now. Like, is that, yeah. is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. I, I think like, for example, like uh, Vite without ES modules, it's not possible. Like, so right, yeah. the idea that like the when, once the browsers reach it a certain level when ES module were there available, like mm -hmm. that enabled this next, let's say, stage of exploration. Yeah. That again was like a lot of exploration. And if you see Vit, Vit V1, that was like the first year of Vit. Then when it was Vit V2, like the, it was like a complete rewrite. Right. So mm. there was a lot of exploration even inside this this new wave of of tools and gotcha. still like we we have like things that are going to change and we need to like even even like for example like one one thing that we are now doing in in bit is that we use suffixes like if you want to mm -hmm. like import a worker you will say like question mark worker at the end or like question mm -hmm. mark uh, url if you want to like get the url instead of like the resource or gotcha. like question mark raw, for example. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not ideal uh, because like the pages sometimes like use suffixes for other things and like they mm -hmm. will collide and like right, right. It, it's, it's not the best. And also it's not a standard. Like there are other tools, for example, WMR was instead of using, for example, it will say like raw colon and then like a yeah. worker colon and, and these. So, mm -hmm. It is not let's decided what is going to be like. How do you say like when I import this thing? Yeah, I want you to interpret as something else. Right. This and is what I mean. Right. Like if I'm doing this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to import this, but 
as, as raw as text, for example, or I want yeah. to import this yeah. as a an URL, or mm -hmm. I want to like import it like as a worker. And it's right. different how you have to compile it and mm -hmm. what you need to do. And so like there are certain uh, like proposals, for example, like import assertions is, is one proposal, but that one, it doesn't let you change how you import something. It just asserts that what you are importing is really that. For example, like if you import like a dot JSON, you, you assert that the type is JSON, but is you cannot say like import JSON and like assert as something else. That that, that is an uh, that is a clear assert and the standard say that you cannot do. But then there is another proposal that you you are going to be able to say like import something as and then like add like for example something else they need this for wasm but it's a stage one proposal right now for example and they it could change completely and so still like in vid we have this uh, like we should align with the standards but at the same time the standard is not yet there so vid which has to like fill the gaps and try to do it in a way that later, like we are going to be able to move to the standard way once it is done. And like at one point, maybe we need to introduce like in some major, some breaking changes. And hopefully it's something that could be like maybe automated with a code mode or something. So user will not have to like suffer for, from the change. Right, right. So some flag, yeah, some, something to, to yeah. To instruct. Awesome. Cool. Um, yeah, let's, let's spend a little bit of, of time talking about other other projects here. I know we want. I wanted to talk about like the view ecosystem at large and how it how it interacts with Vite. Maybe a good first question is: uh, Can you talk about Vite Press a little bit? Why it's cool? Yeah. So th there was this project that there is still like it's called View Press, and it was like uh, what a static generator can look with using like a view, no? Like, so uh, all the documentation from the view ecosystem was using ViewPress before. And they started to work in ViewPress 2 at one point. And that effort actually like went really far, like they cleaned up a lot of things and they even like abstracted the mod, the build tool. So you could use Vid even with uh, ViewPress V2. But at the same point that this effort of ViewPress 2 was ongoing, uh, Evan started to work on like a new tool that's called VidPress and kind of like dog fooding Vid itself and also like using it for the documentation of, of Vid. And the idea was like, now that we have Vid and we have this new plugin system, like what like what should we change? Like if we have to start over, like if we don't have like ViewPress there and we have to move the user, like how, what is the best, let's say SSG using View that we can have? And so like he he's been working on on ViewPress and actually like it's interesting because like if you use the Vid plugin ecosystem, like say API, like it is like a lot simpler because you can directly use with plugins instead of like having a like own way to do plugins like in ViewPress or like there was I think in, I don't know if how it's called of add-ons or plugins or something like that but 
Like there was this concept in in ViewPress and it was starting to get a little bit like complex. And in VidPress, you have like the the theme that you use. And that is like a normal view, let's say, page uh, application. And like a lot of features are like just like you add it like normally, like you will do in any view app. It's not like something like it's custom to VidPress. So it, it is a, it's a structure that is a lot simpler. And then Evan is starting to also to play with SSR and like with a lot, like he did like several innovations there in WordPress that like, it's like, for example, like trying to like all the statics parts, trying to optimize it. So the iteration will like be a lot faster. So at the end, like WordPress that is starting kind of like a proof of concept and like seeing how it could be. Nowadays, it is kind of like ViewPress 3, let's say. Uh, it is the, There is an open issue right now where they are discussing if they are going to call it ViewPress 3 or they are going to keep the VidPress name. But what is clear is that like the successor of ViewPress is VidPress at this point. And VidPress has taken over like almost all the documentation in the Vit ecosystem is using VidPress. Just today morning, I was like compiling for something like all the projects that were using VidPress, mm -hmm. and it's like I don't know, like forty projects in the in the Vit ecosystem like using oh, nice. the documentation. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, it was amazing. I did mm -hmm. this uh, like a few months ago. It was like I think it was half. So. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's very like comfortable to to do documentation or like blogs. Like yeah, the view blog is is using it, for example, also. Cool, nice, nice. Any any other kind of open source projects or projects you're working on that you want to spend a couple minutes plugging uh, or talking about? <laughs> yeah, like we, we could talk a little bit about Vitesse, maybe. So sure. yeah, one of the main pain points that we had during last year uh, was that. Chest and Vit were not a good match. Like it was quite difficult to integrate them. One particular thing we were missing was a, like a sync transformer that we needed to integrate it. And like it's it's funny because I, I think like today Chest twenty eight finally like uh, is released has been released and it includes it includes like uh, the async transformer that we needed. And so the, the the story right now with Chess and Vit is is a lot better than before, but still, like if you see like the amount of like things that Chess has to take care of and what you need to configure, and the amount of things like Vit like already take off, there is a lot of overlap there. So in a world where you already have Vit, it's it's kind of like. Mm, it doesn't feel right to get like a whole other like chain, let's say like a tool chain, you know, like, and you download like another, I don't know how much from NPM to, to get it working. So also like Chess was developed a long time ago and their, the ESM story is not as good. Like now they are also like adding a lot more support, but it's, it's not like to say like SEM first. So 
when we were like trying to, it was in in one of these team meetings that we were trying to say like what we do because this is a really a pain point it was one of the our main like worries and Evan and like some other people are kind of starting to say like okay like like maybe we need to do uh, like a test runner ourselves because like there is nothing that we could recommend and the name Vitesse kind of appear there in the meeting and Anthony Fu that is like a view court member like I, I think like if people around view will will know him uh, so he said like oh I really like that name went to NPM and it was free so he took it over he went away after the meeting for like a few hours and he returned with a proof of concept. <laughs> and like, this was also like part of the, like kind of like he was working in other tools uh, before that, like VitNode, also like part of the Nux effort they needed there. So like there was a lot of pieces, let's say that fall into place there like last around last December and after he did that then like I said like okay like invite me like <laughs> if you're going to write a shell replacement like I, 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 I will help let's say and so we are starting also like working together like the, the first months it was like a sponsor for a while and other people joined the community it was like quite an interesting like way to start because it was a small group but everyone was really interested and helping, but we could do like changes very quickly because everybody was like knowing that it's, it's kind of like not end users, you know? So these initial months, uh, there were like a lot of like rapid development and then it was like open source. And and now the like it kind of like took over, I, I think around, last time I checked, it was like, 15% of like the download per month of VIT were VTest. So like VTest includes VIT, so like more or less like you can count. But it has it has been growing even more rapidly than VIT did. So like it really took over. And like it you can use it like as chest replacement. So like it's for unit testing, like to uh, like replace like uh, even in a node libraries but if you're using vit already for an app it makes even more sense because of what i said before like you can share uh like if you if you want to check it is vitest.dev the web page and so now also like it is a project on their own like there is a full team working there like lately i'm more on the vit side again but because there's a lot of things to do we are like I think like in this week or next week, we're going to start preparing for bit three. So again, like, but there is a lot of like relationship between the, the two communities and it's, it's quite good to see how, how much it, it took off also. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, it sounds like, it sounds like you got a bunch of, a bunch of stuff going on so many moving pieces. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's super cool. Um, nice. And any, anything else you want to plug quick you know, before, before we wrap up here? Uh, I I would say like uh, try try vid try vitest like you can go to vid.new or vitest.new and like try it out. Uh, I think it's a uh, as Evan said like like you have to like try it and and feel it to to see the difference. 
Nice. Awesome. We'll get some links in the show notes so users can, or listeners can check it out. Um, awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on and chatting with me, Patak. It's been a pleasure. Same here. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for listening to Pod Rocket. You can find us at Pod Rocket Pod on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.